Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 41. We're recording this on a Thursday. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by our chief meteorologist, Mark Nelson. Hey, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Hey, it's nice to have you back in town. I know you just took some time off. How was the vacation? Uh, Vacation was great. It was my wife and I, our 25th anniversary. We got married 25 years ago. Jeff, you were just like, you were probably... Three. I was no, I don't know what you were. no, I was older than that, Mark. Thank okay. you. I was seven years old. Okay, and so we went to we went into the southern hemisphere to French Polynesia. That was uh, just a little cruise through some islands. So that was kind of we splurged. You know how I think it's kind of well known that I'm somewhat frugal, pretty cheap, and um, and so this was kind of a big splurge. But um, yeah, it was warm sunshine, and I left, and it was about to rain. I came back, and it was still warm and sunny. Did uh okay, so was this your first time in the southern hemisphere? Yeah, have you ever been across I, the equator? I have never been across the equator. So, um, there's a there's a common myth. I know the answer oh. to it. Uh, do the toilet did the toilets uh, flush in the opposite direction for you, Mark? Um, you know what? I never looked. Never even considered that. <laughs> Can you believe I didn't look? But Jeff, could you tell me which way they flush here? I couldn't. Uh, well, no, because. I think what's funny about that is, you know, we think about the the Coriolis effect, which is uh, it's a force that is, you know, uh, exerted on weather systems, but they're large scale weather systems, like let's say hurricanes and what we call them synoptic scale weather systems. Um, They're not exerted on small scale weather systems. And by the way, flushing a toilet, a toilet is not a weather system, but that circulation would not be impacted by the Coriolis force either. So the answer is for everybody, uh, don't worry, the, the toilet flushes. It should be in the same way, depending on if it's the same toilet. But uh, aside from that, okay, so the, the weather was kind of mild out there, it sounds like, Mark? Uh, you mean right now, or you mean... Uh... When you were there for oh, your yeah, for I'm your sorry. trip. I was yeah. like, wait, what are you talking about? It's really warm. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, it was just normal weather. It's, it's in case you, for some reason, ever go there. It's, it's very much like Hawaii. Yeah, Ocean okay. temperature's comfortable. Uh, highs in the 80s, lows in the 68, 70 degrees. It's, it's perfect weather, so it was very nice. But so I come back, Jeff, and it was still dry. Oh, Nothing man. Nothing changed in the weather pattern. It Well, on one hand, it's, you know, it's been nice kind of, you know, we, we haven't had any stressful weather while you've been gone. But on the other hand, it's getting boring out here. I mean, it would be nice to have a little change of pace, but... Uh, this this high pressure system that's just been rebuilding and rebuilding does not want to seem to go away. No, I, you know that upper level high we've had near us off and on really since early July or was it late June, and uh, really persistent. The uh, it just blocks storms because you know this time of the year you and I both know and many of our listeners know um, we get into late September and October. You know often we could have a week of cool showery weather. The jet stream is kind of coming right at us or or dips in the jet stream. The troughs are moving through. But we had all of, well, since, since uh, I don't know, since whenever, I guess it would be back in late June, we've had one come through, and that was the one right at the last two, last three days of September. We did get a little bit of rain out of that, right? Yes, we got a little bit of rain out of that late September. But other than that, I mean, we've been really dry. Um, and that's that's done a number of things. It's kept fire season around. We've had some air quality issues we'll get into in a second. Um, we haven't had a lot of foggy mornings because – the dry, the the ground is so dry. You know the right. the forests, the you know uh, the plants, trees are not giving a lot of awful lot of moisture. Uh, that's not really you know <laughs> leading to many foggy mornings. Or we just haven't had much of that. It hasn't really felt like fallout here. I think you named it first. What do you call this? Uh, October. 
Augtober. That's Augtober. right. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix of August and October. Um, and we, something that we, well, something that meteorologists in California uh, named this persistent high pressure system that often impacts California, keeps things dry down there. It, by the way, I used this term a lot when I was forecasting in Palm Springs early on in my career. Uh, we call the ridge the ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure or the triple R. And I've, I've been telling our viewers that we're dealing with that up here now. And um, I think, Mark, we've got at least another week or so to go. By the way, we're recording this podcast on October 13th. We've got another week or so to go before this thing actually starts to break down. So, um, yeah. You know, I was going to say, it seems like ridiculously resilient. That said, when you look at, uh, I was just preparing my winter weather presentation for next week for uh, um, the recap of the past year. And of course, we were in a La Nina winter last year. And I forget how much of last winter we spent with a big ridge kind of just west of us. We would occasionally get cool air coming in from the north or northwest, but it blocked a lot of the storminess last winter. I mean, we had plenty of rain in the end because we made up a lot of it in April and May. But um, we did have ridging, you know, in the East Pacific a lot in the past year. So I guess, I mean, I, I guess I could argue that um, this is an extension of that maybe. It could be, yeah. And I think that the ridge placement is, I mean, it, it really matters if it's 100 miles west or east, the center of that ridge, or a couple hundred miles. Um, when it's right over the top of the northwest, our air is usually pretty stagnant. Uh, that tends to bring us the warmest weather during whatever time of year it is. And... Uh, but then if it if it's placed a little bit farther west, let's say right over the Pacific, just south of the Gulf of Alaska, that's when things can get a little bit more interesting, say in the fall and the winter, when cooler air can dump in from Canada um, and we start to get more of those inside slider weather systems. Sure. Um, but it's just been, it's been pushing most of it up into Alaska and British Columbia and things like that. So we've just been kind of getting uh, the worst of it. I remember about a week ago, I think you were seeing on models that a slider would come over the top of the ridge and would bring cool air into our east and maybe a gusty, a strong east wind episode. And yeah, instead the ridge decided to kind of hold strong and, and deflected that farther to the east. Boy, and I got to tell you, when I was just looking at the numbers, you, you see my fresh forecast there in front of you, Jeff. I, we're in different rooms right now for microphone purposes, but um, I was looking at those 850 millibar temps, temperature at about 5,000 feet in the atmosphere in Celsius. Boy, just continuing right around 19 or 20, right through Sunday. So that this time of the year, that gets us up to uh, right around 80 degrees. So just a whole bunch of record high temperatures, which is just amazing to see day after day. Basically, I think, would you agree this is the equivalent of the uh, July heat wave? It is. I mean, given the fact that, well, it, it, we have much less sunlight and we have longer nights. So that's why oh, yeah. it's not as hot. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a very similar pattern. It's just it doesn't want to break down. It, it's like the jet stream. It's like the upper level weather pattern has stalled out. And yeah. as a result, downstream, by the way, the, uh, you know, the, the Great Lakes region, the upper Midwest, the Northeast, they're actually getting a, a legitimate fall this year, um, early this year, or early this fall, rather, because uh, they're getting quite the opposite effect. They have troughing going on. So cooler air is moving in. I think like five days from now, I don't know the specifics on the time frame, but they're going to start to get some lake effect snow uh, downwind of the Great Lakes. So, I mean, that kind of just tells you uh, the polar opposite effect that uh, is going on or the polar 
opposite uh, situation sure. that's taking place in the in the <laughs> United States. It's just a real anomaly, I guess. When I said when I was thinking, it was it's just like July. It's like it, it, this is as anomalous. Twenty degrees above normal is like high temperatures around a hundred or so in July. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, is, so this is crazy warm. Um, is it time for some eighty degree stats? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, I'll I'll start off with um, okay. some of these these eighty degree days that we've been experiencing prior to this October mark. We had never experienced in October at PDX or Portland International Airport where we had had seven or more days of 80 degree temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so the previous record for October was six days of 80s or above. That We, we set that record in 1952, 1980, and 1991. Um, we have been, well, we've already broken that record. We're up to eight days. We're on the way to nine if we've, I think we've already hit 80. We did. Okay, We're so. 81 this hour. So yeah, today is day nine. Day nine, and we have several to go. And that's not the only record. So that's record one, the most 80 degree days in the month of October. But Mark, you've also been tracking like daytime highs and things like that. What What else have we broken? Um, well, the, uh, the latest, just in case you're wondering, because things do change quickly in the month of October, you, you look at the record highs, they drop precipitously in the second half of the month. So, uh, we've never been above 80 after the 21st, which would be a week from Friday, or if you're listening to this on Friday, a week from today. Um, so basically we've never been above 80 from that point forward. We've never been above 85 after the 11th of October, which has already passed. And at this moment, we're forecasting 85 for both Saturday and Sunday. If so, both of those would be the latest time we've hit 85 degrees. So that's that really expands, you know, the warm season. I should also point out, you know, Jeff, you were mentioning the 80-degree days each October. Um, about one-third to one-half of October is do we get to 80 degrees. So a, a lot of Octobers, we don't hit 80. In fact, we had a stretch. If you were thinking like, oh, my gosh, have our Octobers been getting warmer and warmer and warmer? No. Uh, because we, we just had four Octobers, 16, 7, 2016, 17, 18, and 19. And in those four, we didn't even hit 80. And I think, am I correct? Last year, I don't think we hit 80 either. Yeah, and, and in 2020, we only hit it once in October. So my daughter just today, she was saying, she goes, oh, do you think it's climate change? And I go, I don't think so. I mean, really, we haven't seen it like this since 1991, which makes me think this may be a one-off sort of thing, another kind of freak event. Of course, we don't know, you know, uh, we, you know, there's lots of research on to how circulation is disrupted by the warming climate. So, yeah, maybe we'll find out in a few years that, oh, the ridging is more common in this position for some reason. But um, but as of now, we don't see a direct connection, no. But um, 1991, that was the first year of my career. So that was 30. Yeah, just, just piggybacking off of that, um, I've heard some climate scientists studying the jet stream, for instance, and mm-hmm. link, potentially linking climate change and the warming atmosphere to a slowing or stalling jet stream at times, uh, which can lead to flooding rain in one part of the country. It can sure. lead to, you know, multiple hurricanes or stalling hurricanes in another part of the country. It can lead to drought, multi-year droughts, like part of our country is experiencing now in the Southwest. Um, and maybe even like prolonged heat waves like we've had up in the that would Pacific part of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's not crazy. We will see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of research still to be done. And you know, like I always say, there's still a lot we don't know about our climate, but it's more stuff is becoming a bit more clear. We had a, uh, I think we covered this in previous podcasts, but summer was just blazing hot in Western Oregon, the lowest elevations. It was, I think the third or the fourth warmest summer, but, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what, if, when Portland was at the hottest summer on record, or was it not? So, um, I don't know that exact stat, but I do know the National Weather Service pointed this out. And I want, I think you may have been on vacation when they, they were uh, tallying these up. Um, 
between July, August, September, when you combine those three months and you average out the highs and the lows, Vancouver, Portland, Salem, and Eugene all experienced their warmest three-month stretch between July and September on record. So oh, I could see that. Essentially, sure. like wow. all the way through the Willamette Valley, uh, up into interior southwest Washington, we just experienced that warmest three-month stretch. Um, and it's kind of just carried into the fall as well. I mean, I would imagine I mean, we're running over eight degrees above oh. average this October compared to where we should be. Yeah, that's amazing. I, you know, I didn't even bother checking the stats, Jeff, on that, but I'm assuming this is our warmest first half of October. Oh, just to guess. It, I mean, I would have to assume that as well. Um, another thing that's going on, Mark, and you were, I think you were just getting back into town or you had been in town for one day or something. Um, on Sunday, a new wildfire broke out in eastern Clark County, almost on the, the border of Clark County and Skamania County. Mm -hmm. um, and that's called the Nakia Creek Fire. It's burning up at Larch Mountain. And uh, it's been putting off some smoke. There's also another fire burning just to the north, northeast of that. Uh, the Susan Fire, I believe it's called. That's been yeah, putting I see off. That. You can see that one satellite. That one really sticks out today for still putting out smoke. Yeah, and then um, well to the south, which has been an ongoing issue, I believe, since August 1st, if I'm not mistaken, yes. is the Cedar Creek Fire, which is one of the mega fires burning in the state of Oregon, closest to the Willamette Valley. Up Again, it's in eastern Lane County. Uh, e it's east of Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, by the way, I feel so bad for the yeah. folks that live out there. They have just been living in smoke for the better part of the past you know, a few months or so. And so today we've definitely noticed, uh, you know, a downward trend or basically our air quality diminishing um, because we, I think we have a light east wind or just kind of like a breezy wind coming off of the, the Cascades and off of these wildfires, the dry air in place, the warm temperatures, the sunshine, um, that's leading to some of the, the smokes uh, drifting into the surface level areas or, you know, the lowest parts of the sure. atmosphere. So where we live. Right. And unfortunately, it's affecting a lot of our population zones. I was looking uh, early this morning at visible satellite imagery and there was smoke draped over portions of, you know, the Seattle metro area, the Portland, Vancouver metro area, uh, the central and southern Willamette Valley. And I don't think there are really any good mechanisms to A, put these fires out or B, keep the fire smoke out of here for the better part of the, the next five to seven days. I think intermittently we're going to have air quality concerns for the next week or so. What are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, I would agree. I, I think on on Saturday and Sunday we get a stronger push of east wind, but that could bring a little more smoke from eastern Washington down our way. So I don't think that improves it, even though we get a bunch of wind. Uh, we'll see about that. And then on Monday we do get a brief onshore flow, but it's pretty weak. And just knowing that it's October and we get the nighttime inversions and uh, we don't have a strong weather system moving through, I bet, yeah, I, I would assume, it's, it's fair to assume we have another week with smoke coming and going at least. Um, and there's no rain to put out the fires or even diminish their intensity. Well, I guess it'll cool off a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I bet we have another week of, of poor air quality. Now, luckily, it hasn't been too bad. At least I looked at the official sensors today, and it was in moderate. It's sometimes, I think two days ago was up to uh, three days ago, it was up to unhealthy or unhealthy for some. So it seems to, it creeps into unhealthy at times. And I think that we have an air quality advisory up through the weekend. So we'll see how it plays out. Something else that's a problem during this time of year is our sun angle is getting lower. And if you think about yeah. a given fall or even winter time, we get a lot of foggy mornings. And that's the result of these inversions forming in our western valleys or any valleys for that matter, where cooler air, which is more dense, kind of just 
sinks down into the lowest parts of the atmosphere, the lowest valleys, and it gets trapped there. And oftentimes we don't have wildfires around this time of year, but right. you know, folks will be you know burning uh, their 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 fire through their fireplaces. They'll have burn piles outside because it's a bit safer to do that when the rain arrives. Um, but then some of the pollutants get trapped, and we can often deal with some air quality issues. But now we've got wildfires burning, and these inversions continue to form every night. And so mm -hmm. that's that's also helping to trap that that uh, the pollutants and things like that, the fine particulate matter. And because we don't have that higher sun angle, it's not we don't have that strong sunshine that would often help to mix out our air. Exactly. Um, so it, it's just. Every day that goes by, Mark, the nights are getting longer, the days, the daylight hours are getting shorter, so it's kind of working to our disadvantage. Exactly. Basically, we're getting the hazy, yeah, just what you said, but uh, we're getting the hazy, the hazy weather we see when we have stagnant weather conditions in October, but typically we'd have fog and then it's hazy in the afternoon. Now we're getting no fog because it's too dry, but we're getting the haze plus the fire smoke injected into it. Now, I think we're in good shape, assuming no, no new fires develop. I find it hard to believe it would get significantly worse in the next week just because, um, like I said, we don't have new sources, huge sources of fire smoke, like, you know, like we've seen in the past. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be with us for another week. While I'm while we wrap up the subject, I'm just looking at visible satellite imagery in the Weather Center. And uh, it's yeah. obvious that the Cedar Creek fire burning in eastern Lane County is giving off the most smoke. And I would say locally, the the next worst fire is probably that Susan fire, which is in mm -hmm. Uh, Western Skamania County. So um, just, you know, if, if you suffer from respiratory issues, it's probably best to get familiar with airnow.gov and purpleair.com, or you can just tune into our weathercasts, or you could even download our Fox 12 weather app because we're going to be pushing a lot of alerts to your phones regarding the air quality. And if you have severe asthma or any kind of other respiratory issues, just keep the windows closed as best as possible. Try to limit your time outdoors. And um, if you like to exercise, uh, do it when the air quality is best because you don't want to exert a lot of energy and you know, you know, you, you don't want to do a lot of that when it's smoky outside. Hey Jeff, before we wrap up two things, let's talk about what's ahead Okay. very briefly. And also we have a rare situation today we are both working together today because we swapped shifts. That's right. Yeah, I had a doctor's appointment this morning. Nothing's mm -hmm. wrong, I hope at least. And mm -hmm. uh, you graciously took over for you know part of the morning and the early afternoon. So thank you for that. Um, I am going to attempt to stay up until eleven o'clock, <laughs> eleven thirty this this evening. Um, actually, wait, Jeff. It's eleven thirty-two and thirty seconds. So oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're gonna do several days of that. Camilla's headed to a wedding with a friend. Drew has to go to some weddings. So basically, our schedule and Andy's coming in on Sunday. So. Uh, the schedule is totally different the next four days. So yes. I'm going to Seattle too. So just when you see, if you end up seeing me on the really late night shows and you're wondering why is he here, that's why. Um, is all messed up. So yeah. let's let's talk about, and it's great to be able to work with you, Mark. It's like two extreme weather nerds in one location. I mean, scary. Yeah, scary. it is a little scary. Yeah. Um, you did the forecast, and yeah. I am looking at some of the ensemble guidance, which is basically a computer model that gets tweaked like 30 different ways and it spits out a solution and we kind of just get a much better ballpark idea of what's going to happen outside of let's say the next seven to ten days and um it's not just these ensembles mark it's also like the climate prediction center is suggesting about 10 days out or so so if you're just if you're tuning in maybe a couple days late we're talking about the ballpark time frame of the 21st to the 23rd it seems like something's going to change around that time 
Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it looks like something. Now, yesterday was looking more like kind of a maybe some sort of westerly flow coming in. Today, the today the euro, even the ensembles are different. I noticed on the euro versus the Canadian and the GFS models. The euro carves out a nice, nice upper level troughing over us uh, for that that weekend. The next weekend, the twenty second, twenty third. I think those are the two days. Uh, it has more of a trough carving out the ensemble average, whereas the GFS and the GEM, that's a Canadian model, the GEM, um, they're not quite as troughy, and I notice their heights are still a little bit above normal, so I'm like, well, I, I, yeah, like, I don't want to, I mean, we still have plenty of time, but I don't want to right now say, oh my gosh, the wet season is about to begin, but yeah, you're right, something is up for that next weekend, the 22nd, 23rd, right in there, or like you said, starting as early as, I think Friday is the 21st, so uh, something is up, and um, we will see. It'd be nice to get a widespread soaking rain. You remember last year, Jeff, at that time, we had those two 940, 945 millibar bomb cyclones offshore. It was extremely stormy one year ago. It, it, it like grazed the area. We were both kind of yeah. getting a little nervous. Like, is this stuff going to roll in? It's or huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we're trying to tell you is we may not be looking at, you know, five to seven days straight of on and off rain, but it does appear like somewhere in the ballpark of October 22nd, it does seem like the faucet's gonna turn back on to some extent. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like this is your first alert, let's say. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and so, and I was talking to my wife last night, Mark, about this. We haven't even cleared out our, you know, our gutters yet. We're probably gonna need to get up on a ladder <laughs> and, and pull some of the leaves out and, and clear those mm -hmm. things out. And so, um, I would just be prepared, you know, about eight to 10 days out, some kind of change. Certainly looks like it's gonna get cooler. I, it's just going to eventually get much harder for us to hit this warm type of weather because, yeah. you know, the daylight hours are getting shorter, night times are getting longer, things like that. You see the record highs next week are in the 70s. So. Yeah, and our average high, as, as we talk right now, I believe it's down to 66, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. That's on the uh, Mark Nelson forecast sheet right there in front of you. There it is. There it is. is. Yes. So I think it's uh, I think it's almost coffee time before the big four o'clock show. <laughs> yeah, we're we're running out of time sh uh, quickly here, but we just wanted to hop on. We haven't been on here for a little bit. Mark, it's great yeah. to have you back. Um, you and uh, looking forward to the pattern changing a little bit. Until then, embrace the warmth if you can. I know it's I know some of us are sick of it by now, but. At some point in the next, you know, couple of months, people are going to be complaining once again that it's too oh, wet, it's too cold, yep. it's too gray. Um, so yeah, enjoy this these last gasps of summer-like weather, and um, yeah, have a good rest You're of your week. We'll talk to you soon. And hesitating, and tell us, please tell us about the weather.